Professor Shraddha, we thank you again for the opportunity we have tonight to be taught by you. We yield ourselves to your spirit to speak through us, and we pray that you cause your word to have entrance into every hearer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This evening we are going to look at uh, understanding the new covenant. Understanding the new covenant. Our text is Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. There is, no sal there is salvation in no other one. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So this evening we want to take a look at our great salvation through the lens of our covenant with God, and also the covenants before Christ came, to see how all of them are focused on Christ, Jesus, the coming second Adam, and to see how they are all culminated in Christ, and how Christ is the only one through which salvation comes. Every one of them is culminated in Christ, is focused on Jesus, is it's about, it's about Christ himself, who he is, all of them. Apart from the first one that God had with Adam. But after Adam fell, the rest of them is about Jesus Christ. So you can be sure that this scripture that says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. It's absolutely true because there is no other person that the scripture is focused on for salvation from Old Testament to New, except Jesus Christ. So a covenant, what's a covenant? It's a conditional promise made by God to man. It's a conditional promise made by God uh, to man. An agreement between God and man. And in this agreement, in this agreement, God promises man his blessings. Contingent upon his fulfilling some conditions, contingent upon he fulfilling some conditions. That is the covenant we're talking about that God has had with mankind for, for centuries. So the first covenant was for, uh, and the reason that God establishes covenant is for the purpose of fulfilling God's will for creating man. For the purpose of fulfilling divine will for creating man, which is to create someone that is like him. That the closest creation to God is man. That's why man is not just any, any, any kind of thing. Man is God's jewel, jewel of creation. The closest to him. That carries his image. Carries his image. You are going to see in scripture where God says, don't kill people because they carry my image. So, and then God wanted a somebody who will reign on earth, why is in heaven? Somebody who will reign on earth under him. Somebody who will be his spokesman, take care of proceedings here on earth. That's what God really wanted. His ambassador, so to say. Somebody who will be uh, the oracle of God, speak on his behalf. 
And so in creating Adam, that's what he really did. And then you see, because the eighth he gave to the children of men. In Psalm 115 verse 16, you can see, I say the heaven, even the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth, Psalm 115, 16, not 6, 16, Psalm 115, 16, 1, 6. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. I didn't say 6, I said 16. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth had they given to the children of men. You can see that right there. That's why the devil couldn't do anything until Adam. He deceived Adam to surrender his control to him. So the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord, but the earth had he given to the children of men. So he wanted children of men who will be on earth, who will represent him under his will and be his voice, and be his ambassador here on earth. That was his reason for creating Adam. Somebody who will be the object of his love, so he will come and fellowship with him. See, if you are love and you don't have somebody to love, you just have to have somebody to love, to express it, to express it. You just have to have somebody to love, so that to express it. So he created Adam as the object of his love. So he will come in the cool of the evening to hang out with him, to share fellowship with him. God wanted, that was the purpose of creating Adam. And to bless him. You know, when we have children, we want to relinquish to them our all we own. Bless them with it. So that's what God did. He, he created this whole earth for Adam. So he could manage it and reign over it. Now, he gave Adam a covenant. So that he'll get Adam doing all of this under his will. So in Genesis 1:26, and God said, Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. See what I'm saying? And let them have dominion. See? They should have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, 27. So God created man in his own image. There is no other creation that has this privilege. His own image. In the image of God created him. Male and female created them. So we're not confused as to the sexes that God created. Male and female. That's what we believe. That's what God says. God created them male and female. That's it. Verse 28, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. You see, he's giving them, he's, he's empowering them, and handing them authority to reign on earth. That's purpose. He says, dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, 
So you see, he didn't make any provision for medicine. He never told him, this one, if you get sick, you eat No, because there was no, no room for, the sickness didn't exist. Death didn't exist. Nothing. Because sin had not come. So you, you have it for meat. It's your food. Okay? And then, um, mm-hmm. in verse 30, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God said, saw everything that he said that he had made, and behold, it was good. And the evening, the morning were the sixth day. And so you know God now told them, the only thing they will not touch is that tree of, of good and evil. They must not touch it. That's the covenant. Don't do this. I put you here under me. You can't live independent of me. Just don't do this. And they went and did it. The devil deceived them. And they did it and the covenant was over. They were driven out. The covenant was over. All that blessing, all the authority, they lost everything, everything in one swoop. So we're familiar with that, so we're not going to that. Now, starting from that point, after Adam fell, all the covenants from that point to Jesus came, all of them were geared towards Christ. The restoration of what Adam missed. Every covenant God gave to man was giving, pointing to Jesus Christ. All of them. Wasn't pointing to any other human being, any other system. No salvation in any other. Pointing to Jesus Christ. Now let's start with Noah's covenant. After Adam messed up, so God come, came to restore through Noah his purpose. What he told Adam, he told Noah. So in Genesis six seventeen, and behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Verse 18, but with thee will I establish my covenant. And thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, thy sons' wives with thee, and of every living thing on the on, of thing of all flesh, two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kinds, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive and to take thou and take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten and thou shalt gather it to thee and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him. So he did. Now, so why did God establish this covenant? It was to preserve creation. To preserve creation for the coming Christ. If the whole creation was wiped out and nobody was there, 
there won't be any redemption. Nobody will be there anymore. So God wanted to preserve creation through Noah. And then God made this covenant with all flesh that he would not destroy the earth with water again to preserve creation, to be redeemed from what Adam did. So in Genesis 9, and I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. See, it's no more only him, but your seed after you. This after the flood. And with every living creature that is with you. Of the fowl, of the cattle, and every, every beast of the earth with you. From all that you go out, that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of the flood. I'm not going to destroy the earth anymore. It's a covenant with you. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. No more will this happen. So that I preserve creation for redemption. 12. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. 17. And God said unto Noah, this is the token of the covenant which I have established within me and all flesh that is upon the earth. So God says, I'm not going to destroy this earth again with flood because he needed to preserve his creation. So the focus, obviously, was human life. Not necessarily animals, but the focus was human life. So how do you know? Because if you go to Genesis 9-5, God began to talk about the value of the human life. So in Genesis 9-5, and I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. So you're saying, I need to preserve you human beings, so don't take each other's life. And he says, if a wild animal kills a person, it must die. I want to preserve human beings. It must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. So you didn't want them wiped out. Because they were just few at the time. They didn't want them wiped out. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. He said, I'm not going to wipe you out, and I don't want to wipe yourselves out. I want you to remain. I want you to grow. I want to preserve human beings. Now, the covenant with David. So we have this background that God now has preservation of human beings, preservation of people that grew into nations and everything. Because like I said, if they were all wiped out, what is Christ come, who is Christ coming to redeem? Now, covenant with David. This covenant is all about the coming Jesus upon whom the kingdom of God shall be on his shoulders as the Lord and King. I told you, I said, after Adam, every other covenant is about Jesus. It's about redemption. It's about preserving people to be redeemed. It's about the coming second Adam, the coming Jesus Christ. That is all, that is all it is all about. So in 2 Samuel 7, 
And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest around about from all his enemies too, that the king Nathan the prophet seen now, I dwell in an house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thy heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus said the Lord, Shall thou build me an house for me to dwell in? Verse 12. And when the days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. Establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. He's talking about Jesus. He's setting up, he's setting up the coming of Christ here through this covenant. I'm going to establish his kingdom forever. In the verse 16, and thy house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. See how many times the Lord kept telling him, I'm going to establish a throne forever that will come out of your line. He's talking about Jesus. He knew he had the covenant to preserve humanity. In David, he began to talk about the coming king, the coming Lord, upon whose shoulder will be the government of God, heading the kingdom of God, heading right here, coming right on earth. Everything is culminated in Jesus Christ. There's no salvation in any other except him. But there's none that the covenants of God, the prophets wrote about except him, that is coming to bring us salvation. And these are the signs that that is he. That, that, that's how you are, that is he. When you see this, this person coming with authority from the line of David, that's him. Then came the king, promised by God through David's line. He is the royal offspring of David, Jesus Christ, the son of God. Romans 1, 3, the, the good news is about his son, Jesus. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. You see, you read the scriptures, you realize that, oh, that's the one that, that the Lord said to King David, I'm going to establish your throne forever. That's him. You know, people recognize that, and some people call him son of David, have mission. They realize that that's the one. By this thing, the prophets are pointing to Jesus as the Messiah. And the Christians must understand what the, the, the scriptures wrote about him to be persuaded that there is no salvation in any other. He is the one. 2 Timothy 2.8, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. You see, even Paul's writing and saying, that's the seed of David because he carried the authority of God. We saw it. We, we read it. It's amazing what, what authority he had. Tremendous power. Tremendous demonstration. He said, if I cast out devils and everything, all this power you see me demonstrate, he said, the kingdom of God is right here. It's right here. 
Matthew 22, 42, saying, What think ye about Christ? Whose son is he? They said unto him, The son of David. Matthew 2, 2, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? They recognized him. This is the king that God was talking about to David. I will establish their kingdom forever. That king has arrived. Jesus said, the scriptures were talking about me. I am the Messiah. There is no salvation in any other name. Not one, not except him. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That's what God said to David. I will establish your kingdom forever. Forever. There shall be no end. He says, uh, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment with justice from henceforth for even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God will do this. Now let's look at covenant with uh, Abraham. Now, this covenant with Abraham is a covenant that brings us to the covenant that we are operating now. Remember that God gave Abraham covenant with no laws at all. There's no law, no, no laws at all. So the covenant with Abraham is what uh, lays this one, or rather sets up the covenant we are going to have through Christ Jesus too. The covenant of faith, covenant of grace, not covenant of the law. Because it is through Abraham and his seed that we, we come into covenant with God. So when God established covenant with Abraham, he was laying kind of, do I call it foundation? He was kind of laying out how, yeah, you know, the foundation, the framework on which our covenant with him through Christ will come. So you can see that all these covenants are talking about Jesus, pointing to him, the plan of salvation. So let, let's, let's, read, let, let's read about the covenant with Abraham. Based on faith, based on faith in God's word alone, Based on faith in God's word alone, Genesis 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, do not be afraid, Abraham. Abraham, I'm your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the hair of my house is a laser of Damascus? Then, then Abraham said, look. You are giving me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. For behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now, two or seven, and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he 
counted it to him for righteousness. God accepted that faith. And that gave Abraham the access to that blessing. That faith. God accepted it and made Abraham acceptable to him to qualify to enjoy these blessings God has pronounced. In Genesis 22, 16, and said, By myself have I sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not returned thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. In multiplying, I will multiply the seed, thy seed as the star of the heaven. So you see, repeating what he told him before, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed, didn't say thy seeds, thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, Christ will defeat the enemies of the, of the kingdom of God. 18, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. God said, because I told you to give me your son, and you did that. And the Bible told us that was act of faith. The Bible put it in Hebrew as an act of faith. That he believed that God could raise the dead. Even if he killed him, that God would raise him to keep the covenant God had with him. So he called it act of faith. So because of his faith, because of his faith, God said, these blessings are now yours. And extended it beyond Abraham. And said, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now he's talking, there's no salvation in any other except Jesus Christ. Because he's saying, it is through this your seed that blessings will come to everybody through him. Through him. Church, listen. Through this seed. Through thy seed. Not through what they do. But through your seed. Like you have faith in me, through this seed. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. Saying divine blessings is only going to come through Christ. Only. Including salvation. So Paul makes the case that the blessings of this covenant is based on faith alone, not the law. In Galatians 3.15, dear brothers and sisters, here is an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside uh, or amend an irrevocable agreement. So it is in this case we're talking about here. God gave the promise to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children. As if it meant many descendants. Rather it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. You see how that covenant is bringing, is revealing to us that it is through Christ that divine blessings will come to all nations, not through any other thing you do. Not it, it is through Christ. Through thy seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. Salvation is in no other except him. No other except him, because it is through him that all nations of the earth is blessed. Seventeen, this is what I am trying to say. 
the agreement between God, the, the agreement God made with Abraham, that's the covenant, could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. See, the law cannot cancel it because it came before Moses, came before the law. God will be breaking his promise. God can promise Abraham this, and then when the law come, comes, he said to Abraham, you know what, I didn't tell you something. You remember that promise I made you? Okay, now, you have to obey these laws before they work for you. He said, then God will be breaking his promise. Quick means the promises are not effective because of the law. It's effective simply because Abraham believed it. And in the same way, it works for us if we only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, the agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God will be breaking his promise. 18. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it will not be the result of accepting God's promise by faith. It will no more be that. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise to be received by faith. An unconditional promise to be received simply by faith. Abraham was blessed before his circumcision. So you don't think that, that it was a circumcision that gave him the, prom- the blessings. No. And so Romans 4, 9, now, is this blessing only for the Jews or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? It's for everybody because God said, in thee shall all the nations of the earth, Jews, Gentiles, be blessed. And remember that the law was not given to the Gentiles. The law was given to the Jews, not to the Gentiles. And so he said, now, is this blessing only for the Jews or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles? Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. We've been saying this, that God accepted him because of his faith, not because of the law. Then, but how did this happen? Was he counted as righteous only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. So it wasn't circumcision that brought the blessing. It was his faith. It wasn't the law. It wasn't circumcision. It was his faith. It wasn't anything Abraham did. Zero. A promise given to him was a free gift. That's what Paul is saying. None of these things he did, as good as they were, gave him the, the blessings. It was offered to him. It was offered to him because he believed God. It was his faith. God accepted him because of his faith. Now, Romans 4.12. And Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised. But only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. So he said, Abraham is also the spiritual father of those who have been circumcised, but only if they have the same kind of faith Abraham had before he was circumcised. So those who are circumcised, the Jews, cannot come to claim the promise because they are circumcised. That's what he's saying. That they will only assess it because of faith only, just as Abraham believed God before the circumcision. 
verse 13. Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith only. Comes by faith only. Now, if you have a problem with this, you can listen to last Thursday's Bible teaching, where by the grace of God we explain these things clearly, that it does not make you sin. It does. We explain it in details. It does, go and listen to it. It will cure you. I mean, you will embrace grace with all your heart. Because if God does something, there can't be anything better than that. You can't create anything better than that. You just cannot. It's not possible. So 14, if God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary now, and the promise is pointless. Then you can go and earn it. <laughs> Why are you promising me? The promise is pointless because if I, those blessings are there, so if I do this, I qualify for them. So it's no more a promise. It's something I qualify for. Something I pay for. So it's something owed me. Verse 15. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. 16. So this promise is received by faith only. It keeps hammering this thing. That like Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. God accepted him, and the promise was his. He could enjoy the promise that in this covenant is the same thing in the new covenant. That we have to believe in the Son of God, the seed of Abraham. We enjoy the blessings of Abraham. Now in verse 15, for the law... Sorry, verse 15, he said, the law, for the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. 16, so the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift. And we, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses. If we have faith like Abraham, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. 17. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. Now, that promise was fulfilled. It gave us reason. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. See, it happened because Abraham simply believed God. So that promise was fulfilled for him. And because, verse 22, Romans 4, 22, and because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. Verse 23, and when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. Now listen to this. It wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded. 24, for our benefit too, assuring us that God will us righteous if we believe in him. The one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, 
he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. If you believe what God said about Jesus Christ, if you have your faith in Christ, God will count you righteous. If you believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, if you believe that he died, handed over because of your sin, and he was raised for your righteousness, he said you count you righteousness. Now, let's go to the covenant with Israel, because when we look at that covenant, we're going to now come back and see how this covenant of faith made everything possible for you and me. Everything, righteous life, holy life, ability to live the God's, God's life, everything was made possible through this covenant of faith. But let's see the covenant that God had, with what we call the old covenant. They call it Mosaic Covenant because it was based on the laws of Moses. And they know he failed because it was dependent on man and his ability to keep all the laws of God. What the failure revealed was the flaw in man, which is his flesh. Oh yeah, which is his flesh. Which is his flesh. And the only way you have faith in Christ you can have power to deal with your flesh. I'm telling you, only when you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that you activate the power that works in you to be able to deal with your flesh. You can't deal with your flesh by yourself. Will that's just wasting your time? Oh, you know the disciples of Jesus; they didn't understand. So Jesus said, "Say this night you are going to deny me." Peter said, "Me can't do that. How can I deny you?" Never. Oh, no, 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 no. Where you die, I die. All of them say the same thing. That's what many Christians do today. They say, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we don't need grace. We can, we can handle it. But you know that night, they all denied them. Ran. It didn't even take 10 minutes. They all denied them, ran away, all of them. They ran away. In fact, one left his cloth and ran naked. That was the end of human effort. The law revealed the flaw in you and me is the flesh. And the only person who can handle your flesh and my flesh is the power of God. It's Christ Jesus that he sent us. Without him, you can do nothing. When we think like this, listen. Allow this Holy Spirit to renew your thinking. So you see that your faith is really your victory. That faith is, if you don't exercise it in Christ, you are going to be defeated. You can hide everything and dress up and make yourself nice but you know you are flunking, you know you are not able, because you are not able, nobody is able, but Christ is able. That's why the Bible says that we deaden this, the flesh by the power of the Spirit. So the old covenant was based on law. They revealed the weakness of man is his flesh, and he couldn't, he couldn't obey this law to be able to enjoy the blessings of God. Exodus 19.5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be, listen to these words. I want you to listen to what God wants to produce through this. You shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For, for all the earth is mine. Six, you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests 
and a holy nation. Totally different from all these hidden nations among which you are going to go into. That makes you different from them. And then you enjoy my blessings for all the earth is mine. You shall be a peculiar treasure unto me. You shall be a kingdom of priests. You shall be a holy nation if you obey all these things. Now, many Christians think, yeah, we can. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Verse 6, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces and laid before their faces all their words, all, the, all these words which the Lord commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. It's a confidence in flesh way we do. A lot of Christians can, if you preach this and I say, see, see the thing God commanded us to do. Yeah, we do that. They think in their mind, they think, yeah, that's the way we will do. <laughs> Man, I'm of the flesh will fail you every single time. It will fail you every single time. It will. God doesn't walk with that. God walks with his own arm to save you from iniquity. God walks with his own arm. It is humility to say to God, I can't, my arm cannot save me. I trust your arm. You know who is the arm of the Lord? Jesus. That's what Isaiah said. As I said, who shall believe our report? The arm of the Lord, to whom shall it be revealed? He is the power of God unto salvation that saves us from iniquity, saves us from Satan, saves us from the, saves us from wrath to come, gives us complete freedom. He is the one. We are kept by the power of God. Oh, they say we will. I'm telling you, if you preach this kind of thing and read all these laws to them, ah, they say, Pastor, preach a wonderful sermon. I, got, I was convicted. <laughs> From today onwards, I will not. I'm not going to do this. So, what are you trusting? <laughs> I. Really? The cross means I crucified. I. Canceled up. That's what the cross means. I Cancel it out. You know, the book of James said that. You people who say, I will go here and do this, go and do this. He said, you are sinning because you don't know anything. He said, what you should say is if the Lord allows. You're not coming to say, I. I. No, you haven't understood the cross. I canceled. Christ lifted up. That's why I said we died on the cross. I canceled. Jesus lifted up. Exodus 15, 26. I said, if thou would diligently, not half-heartedly, diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, 
and keep all his status, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the nation of the Egyptians from the Lord that he led thee. So they have to obey all these things. So that covenant will work for them. And the reason God gave it to them is that it's not that God didn't know that they couldn't do that. Because if you read the book of Ephesians, it tells us that all of us, that we were dead in sin and trespasses, all of us, being controlled by our sinful nature and the demon spirit, all of us. And God gave that law to this type of people who knew. It was to reveal to us, again, that the arm of the flesh cannot save So they could, the law could not make anybody. All that thing God told them. Remember, they worshipped that. It wasn't long. <laughs> they didn't see Moses. They made that door and started worshipping. I started living in immorality and all that stuff. Romans 8, 3. For what the law could not do. What is it the law could not do? It could not make them peculiar people. It could not make them a holy nation. It could not make them priests of God. All that purpose of God, could, the law couldn't produce it. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. That's God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. He sent his son to deal with the sin in the flesh. Condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after this flesh now, but after the spirit, who walk by faith, who walk by faith, who walk by faith in the Son of God. The blessing of freedom will be theirs. The blessing of freedom will be theirs. The blessing of freedom, freedom, freedom will be theirs. Hebrews 7, 19. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which we draw nigh unto God now. So what the law could not do, God did himself. So the new covenant was now established. God shut down that old covenant because he couldn't do anything. The new covenant was now established on faith in Christ alone. As the scripture said, that if you believe God, who raised his son from the dead, because he, he, was, he, was, he died because of our sin, resurrected for our righteousness, if you believe God's testimony, God will count you righteous. So it's established on faith in Christ. As we've said before. Now, Romans 4:23. And when God counted him as righteous, like we said, it was just, it was, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, it was record for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was handed over to die because of our sins. He was raised to life to make us right with God. If we believe this, God will count you righteous and the blessings are all yours. 
it is through thy seed that the blessings come. So the main point of this new covenant is that all the promises of God, I want you to listen to this. If you have been sleeping, wake up. Wake up, because if you get this thing we're teaching, you will never miss, allow the devil accuse you or cheat you out of your blessings anymore. You will never, because you know on the grounds on which you stand. The main point of this new covenant is that all the promises of God and blessings of God are now realized by faith in Christ alone. All of them. For in thy seed shall all the nations of the world be blessed. In thy seed. All your healing, your deliverance from sin, your freedom from these, blessed with the blessings. All the blessings of God. All of them. Everything God has to bless you with is now realized on the premises of your faith in Christ Jesus as your Savior, as your, as your Lord, as the Son of God. If you put your faith in the seed of Abraham, it is through him. It is not through him that you know. It is through him. Jews, Gentiles, all nations of the earth are blessed. So that's the main point of this new covenant, that all the promises of God and blessings of God are now realized by faith in Jesus Christ alone and not by works. Galatians 3, 23 to 29. So until the revelation of faith for salvation was released, the law was a jailer holding us as prisoners under lock and key until the faith which was destined to be revealed was set, would set us free. Until Christ died, we didn't have an object of faith. And because we didn't have it, we were left with the law. And because we couldn't keep it, we were, we were helpless. That's what he's saying. The law held us, held us under captivity. Until Christ came to die, we didn't have that object of faith in him to be able to enter into all the blessings of God. It was the law that we only had before Christ came. And everybody under that law, the Bible says, they were like prisoners because they couldn't keep it. They were like helpless until the Christ came and faith in Christ. The way of faith was now revealed. And we went, woo! <laughs> because if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the son set you free. <laughs> you are free. Yeah, you couldn't keep on the law, but it is faith in him. I trust your mercy. Son of David, have mercy on me. Say, yep, that's why I came. I brought grace. I brought grace for you. Come on. I, it is through me that all these blessings have come to you. I paid for it. Come and have it free. It's all, all yours. I paid for it. And we're looking at the law and saying, look at you. He thought I couldn't have it. Now I have it. What are you going to do about it? I got it. He came to me through the seed of Abraham, faith in him. And so he said in Galatians 3, he said, so until the revelation of faith for salvation was released, until that time, until Christ rose from the dead and the revelation of faith for salvation was released, the law was a jailer, holding us as prisoners under lock and key until the faith 
which was destined to be revealed, will set us free. The law was our guardian until Christ came so that we, we would be free. The law was, sorry, was our guardian until Christ came so that we would be saved by faith now. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian of the law. We don't need it. Because our blessing is not coming through the law. It's coming through the seed of Abraham, Christ Jesus. It's coming through, in thee and thy seed will all the nations of the earth be blessed. Not through Moses and his law. We're done with it. Oh, he said, Pastor, please don't make you to come and say no. Because when you believe in him, he gives you a new life. He gives you freedom. Freedom from the power of sin. Set you free indeed, completely, and total freedom, which you couldn't get without him. Your flesh will mess you up and eat you for lunch. You cannot do all things through him. If you don't have him, what, what are you using to do all things? Your determination. You <laughs> didn't you read about Peter and Co. What happened to them? But now that faith has come, we are no longer under the guardian of the law. You have all become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. All of us. Faith immersed you into Christ. Man, I'm just enjoying this teaching so much. I feel like dancing. I'm telling you, <laughs> I feel like taking off a little bit and celebrating this. He said, faith immersed you into Christ. And now you are covered and clothed with his life. Woo! It's amazing. And we no longer see each other as our former state, Jew or non-Jew. Rich or poor, male or female, because we are all one through our union with Jesus Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are now Abraham's child. <laughs> and a true heir now of all the blessings because of the promise God made to Abraham. <laughs> he said, You are now a child of Abraham. You become you become a recipient of the blessing that God is giving through his seed. You are joined to Christ, the seed. So once you are joined to the seed, the blessings and promise to the seed is yours. You are joined to him. You are master him. You are same with him. Your spirit is joined to his spirit. It is the same. It's easy to understand. So you won't let the devil cheat you of your healing anymore. You won't let him talk you out of it, accuse you. Because that's where he waylays Christians and robs them neat. He takes them to the barber and clears their hair. I mean, it's not just robbing their wallet. He clears their hair, cleans them out. But you resist him with your faith and say, you're joking. Are you joking? No, no, no. This is mine. Through the seed of Abraham. Through Christ. It was given to me free. It is still mine. Everything, whatever he says I am is who I am. What he says I have is what I have. He said I have all these promises. They are mine. They will get out of here. Liar. Loser. 
And for good measure, Mr. Nothing. Praise the Lord. I want to read this last line. And, it, and if you belong to Christ, men, if you belong to Christ, then you are now Abraham's child and a true heir of all his blessings because of the promise God made to Abraham. Through you and thy seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And if you believe in his seed, you become part of his seed. You are joined to him. And the blessings are yours. Frakata, all of them. All of them. All of them. John 1, 16. From his abundance, we have all received. From his abundance, we have all, all, all of us, received one gracious blessing after another. Continue. One, let me read from here. For the law was given through Moses. But God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus. Another translation said that God's uh, uh, grace and truth came through Jesus. He brought us unmerited favor. That's what he brought us. We have all received from his abundance. The Bible said through him we are blessed from his abundance, grace upon grace, upon grace, upon grace, upon grace. And the Bible says we have abundance of grace in Christ. Abundance, not trickle. Abundance of grace. You have what he says you have. And the devil will challenge you on all these things. And if you're not grounded in what you have, he will steal it. And he'll turn around and start 40 days dry. And then he'll give you all the manner of prayer topics. When you are done, you still won't see anything. Because you get it by faith. Simple faith. Simple faith. Simple. It has been given to you. Not going to. You have it already. By faith in Christ, you became a true heir of everything. Can it be plainer than this? You just know the truth and stand on it and fight back. Roll your, roll your sleeves up. Man, roll it up and look into your bag and pull one, one beautiful scripture, one beautiful sword. I say, well, take it, Satan, take it, you foul liar. You cut to pieces all these things he's telling you. Take the sword and say, here I come. Why well, are you telling me this? Eh? This is the truth. It is written. And if he's still talking, you pull another one. Take it, you liar. When they know that you're serious and you know what you, that, what that is yours, he will flee in terror. The devil is a bad loser. I, I, I like some translations say he will flee from you. Some, some translations say he will flee in terror. Other translations say he will flee in sorrow, in deep sorrow. He doesn't like to lose. So when you, when you beat him, sell him, beat him over the head, mess him up, trample upon him, he leaves the scene in deep sorrow. He's a proud spirit. In deep sorrow because he lost. May have fun. Make, get him loose. Share your testimony. 
Let me show you something. Remember, God gave them the law to make them peculiar people. Holy nation. You that won't believe in the grace of God want to be holy. Listen, the law couldn't make them holy. Could not make them peculiar people. Could not make them a nation of priests. Zero, zero. The law made nothing perfect. Now let me show you what happened here. So you understand what the scripture is saying. Now look at what made them exactly what that the law couldn't make them. It is here in the scripture. First Peter 2, 7. Unto you therefore. Now let me read first of all. Yeah, First Peter 2, 7. Unto you therefore, which believe he is precious. But unto them, which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Verse 8. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But you, oh man, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. By faith in Christ, they become a chosen generation, they become a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, by faith in Christ. Let me take you back to, to uh, Exodus 19.5. So you see, the law was given to them to produce these things, Listen to Exodus 19.5. And now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Six, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. But they failed. They couldn't. They failed. Because without Jesus, we can do nothing. So when Jesus came, by faith in him, by faith in him, he made us. What the Lord could not make us, God made us through Christ. The arm of the Lord did it. You are who he said what? You are. Read it again. First Peter says, First Peter 2, 7. He says, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious. If you believe your faith is in him, you find him precious. But unto them, which be disobedient, who will not believe, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a, a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the world, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed by you, that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. The law couldn't make them this, but Christ made it, gave us this. That you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness. Because when you came to Christ, he, he delivered you from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom and gave you a new nature. 
the, the plan of God to create people who are like him that has his image, you got it in Christ. For he created you in true holiness, in true righteousness, in true image of God. Talking about your spirit. You got it. And he said, now that I purified you with my blood, you're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. You are children of the most high. You are seated with me in heavenly places, in place of honor. You are the people I have wanted to create. Peculiar. Born again. You are carrying my maid. You are carrying my spirit in you. You are peculiar. The Lord couldn't make it for them. Divine purpose was fulfilled in Christ for mankind. Now look at Revelation 1 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, washed us from our sins in his own blood and had made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. He made us. The arm of the flesh can't make you know this. The arm of the Lord. He made us. He made us. And the New Testament emphasizes the forgiveness of sin and the new way to come to God through faith in the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice of Jesus. Hebrew 10, 19. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. That's why. But his death, by his death, Jesus opened a new, a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. By his death, by his death, he opened a new way by faith in his blood through which we can all come. Remember, he said to Abraham, to you and your seed, it is through you and your seed that all nations of the earth will be blessed. The blessing of coming to the presence of God is, comes to us through that seed, not through another thing. All the blessings come through that seed. It doesn't come from you, doesn't come from you, doesn't come from me, through that seed. Faith in him releases it to you. So God opened a new and living way, which was, and the Bible says, as long as the tabernacle was standing, when they were doing all that, all that sacrifice, he said, the Holy Spirit was signifying that the way to God has not been revealed. Hebrew 10, 3. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sin year after year four. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. Verse 9. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He canceled the first covenant totally in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So we can have access to him because of the cleansing of the blood. Acts 13 verse 38. 
Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. That's what they were preaching. That is what they were preaching. The forgiveness of sins, 39. And by him, all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the Lord of Moses. All that believe in him, their sins are forgiven. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, so that we should become the righteousness of God. Their sins are forgiven. All that believe could not, from the things which we could not be justified by the Lord of Moses. Then there's a warning from the Holy Spirit. Beware therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken in the prophets. Behold, you despise these things. You despise us and wonder and perish. For I walk a walk in your days, a walk which you shall in no way believe, though a man declared unto you. Look at Hebrew 9.30. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and ashes of sin and heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purified, no, 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 I didn't finish that one. So we summarize by saying what we started to say, that all the blessings of God are ratified through his sacrifice, through the seed of Abraham, all of them come. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it, this is my body. 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, drink all of it, for this is my blood of the new covenant. Quit is shed for many for the remission of sin. Second Corinthians 1.20. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen. So all divine blessings come through the seed of Abraham. The blessing of freedom, blessing of purity, the new life is given to us as gift. And the Bible says we are giving it so we cannot do those good works. If you don't have that new life, what good work are you going to do? Where is it coming from? If Christ is not in you, what good work are you going to do? That God will help us. I think my is gone. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for revealing to us the series of covenants that you've had, that all of them are pointing to Christ as the only one through which salvation comes, through which the blessings of God come to mind, through which we can come to God. For nobody can come to you except by him. There is nothing we do that will qualify us to come except through faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.